Lord, wherever you are, go ahead and do that. Take a moment wherever you are in this building and go ahead and worship the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just lift him up. Lift him up all across this church, wherever you are. Just lift him up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you in this place. We lift you up. We thank you for your goodness, for your breath, for your mercy, for your greatness. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Go ahead and grab a seat for a few minutes. Dre, y'all can find wherever you guys want to sit, but don't go too far because we're going to come back in a little bit for some more worship time and thank the Lord together. Um, I'm delighted to be with you again today. Pastor uh, Paul is not here. He is doing some other ministry duties elsewhere. And, uh, and I'm just glad to be with you today. So my name is William, and I've been with you before, so... Uh, I kind of feel like I'm at home. There you go. Got wrapped up in my cord here. I kind of feel like I'm at home this morning and thankful for what the Lord, I think, will do in this house today as you guys continue to worship and honor Him in every aspect and every part of your life. So um, do me a favor and stand with me, if you will, as we read a couple of passages of Scripture. I'm going to read first from the book of Genesis Book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Let's flip over now to Acts. Acts chapter 17. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 23. Acts 17, verse 23. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship... I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, for is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. Amen. Father, in the next few minutes, please open heaven for this church, those online viewing this time together. Lord, whatever is needing to be done today, it can only be done when you visit with us, when you abide with us, when you commune with us, when you live with us. So Father, please, in the next few minutes, arrest everything that I have desire to say and let it first, Lord, come through you, that it might be profound to our hearts and change and transform us to be like you in a world of chaos. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Um, you guys know if you have ever heard me speak before here, you know that I'm an acronym kind of person, and so there's an acronym that's going to be on the screen. Let's go ahead and put that up. Almighty Infused Restoration, using the word air. Almighty Infused Restoration. Now, there's a couple of things you've got to have in life to live. One of those is water or Coke. Coca-Cola, let me say it that way. It might be a better term than Coke. So uh, you don't need Coke, but Coca-Cola works, okay? And so uh, there you go. 
um, soda, as some of you northerners might call it. But there are things that you must have to be able to survive. Now, the reality is, medically proven, you can probably go, any and all of us in this room, chances are we could make it 30 days, 40 days, some on up to about 60 days without any food. <laughs> some of you are like, man, I'm hungry. It's like I need an hour and I'm gone. I'm out of here. I'm going to lunch, right? It's like you can do that. You can also make it most likely you probably could get by about seven to eight days without any liquid in your body, any water. But seven minutes is about the most you could go, a typical person, Probably, actually, you would have died by the time you went seven minutes without air. You, you have to have air to live. Bottom line, seven minutes. Now, air is an interesting thing because air is actually an invisible substance, kind of gases, kind of a gas substance that's kind of floating out here somewhere. It's out here. It's what we breathe in and what we expel that comes into our body in the way of breath and is expelled out of our body when we breathe, this substance we call air, mostly made of um, oxygen and nitrogen. I guess the smart people like you would tell me that, Wes, right? It's made of those two things, right? But the beautiful thing about air is you can compress it. Now, the interesting thing is when you compress air, you can use that air in very unique ways, right? So if your air conditioner ever goes out on your car, they're going to take like a little air compressor, has some compressed air in it. They're going to put it into some little tube in your engine, in your car, and that's going to translate it, kind of put some, some stuff in there, and all of a sudden your heater turns to cold in your car, right? I should bring Wes up today. Stay there, Wesley. But I should bring him up to make sure that I'm accurate in all of my definitions today because he's a pretty smart dude. Um, think about this for a minute. So when you take this air idea and you compress it, you can actually use that in other unique ways. So for example, this is a, uh, um, a tank, an air tank, right? It's actually an air tank um, that they use, that firemen use, okay? This is my mask. I'm a volunteer firefighter. My son's a full-time firefighter. And you take this tank and you take that compressed air in that tank, all right, and you're able to use that to go into an otherwise unsafe place. Now, there's about 4,500 PSI um, for me because I'm a heavy breather. Um, I can get by on a tank for about 20 minutes. My son can get by on a tank for about 45. He's much more accomplished than I am, right? And so, you know, I'm just sucking the air out of that thing, man, because it's pure, it's great, it's not polluted, and it lets me do the things that I want to do. Now, Nicholas, my, my middle son, I mentioned... He's a fireman. He and I are also divers. And you can take air and you can take that air and put it on a uh, kind of a, what's called a, a, an SCBA on your, on your back and, or a BCU, a buoyancy control unit. You can put it on your back and you can actually go down into the water. You can safely go about 120 feet. That's pretty deep. And you breathe that air and it enables you to do things that you otherwise couldn't do. We're living in a crazy time in a world who wants to distract us into missing what God is wanting to do. Now, COVID is a reality. My wife and I, six or seven family members in our immediate family went through COVID in the last, between somewhere in December, January. Some of you may have had COVID. Some of you may be recovered. You may have lost a loved one to COVID. 
I don't know. I hate it. It's not how you say COVID. I say COVID. I don't know how y'all say it, COVID. I say COVID, but it's like, I don't know why. Wesley's laughing because when he was like seven, he was fluent in Spanish when I went to Honduras with him, and, and I was not even fluent in English at that age, right? So uh, it's kind of fun. But um, how you say it, COVID or COVID? COVID? I, I call it COVID-19, right? Anyway, it's dangerous. It attacks your system. One of the things that it does is it attacks the lung in the sense that these little air packs that you have in your lung, the harder that you fight against the resistance, the weaker you become. It's an evil disease. Why are you telling us that, William? Because as that is very much a, a, a very physical, disabling situation in the life of about any human who contracts it, there is a spiritual issue that I think we need to parallel with today that the enemy wants to bring something to suck out the air and the breath that God wants to put into our spiritual being. Now hang on. Let's go, to, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37. Ezekiel 36 and 37. I want you to look at this for just a few minutes because I want you to see the beauty of what's happening. Now let me give you kind of a, let's back up and go back to that air one more time, I'm sorry. Back up and go to air one more time. The acronym, there you go. I want, let, me, let me give you why I, why I gave you this. Let me tell you why I gave you this acronym. I gave you this acronym because when you leave today, I want you to leave with three understandings. God is almighty. When you define the word almighty, it's defined as omniscient or omnipresent. God is everywhere. God is always. There is only one God. A friend of mine uses the term almighty often instead of God. And I was like, that's kind of weird, Dusty. What are you doing? And the more I kind of dug into the scripture and the more I understood it, the more I recognized that Almighty is actually defining God. God is God Almighty. God is an Almighty God, which means everything is second to who He is. Infusion means that you would probably take this little teapot at your house, put some herbs inside of it, and let it all kind of work together, and it kind of infuses together, and you get this wonderful taste that you like. Restoration is to give back to the original owner what was his previously, or to restore to the original state. That's important to understand that when we read these next passages in Ezekiel. Let's go to Ezekiel 37 verse 4. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, verse 5, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews upon you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with the skin and the flesh, put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, verse 7, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone, verse 8. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. As also he said to me, verse 9, prophesied to the breath, Prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. 
So I prophesied as I was commanded, verse 10, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. You are not alone. How many of you ever felt alone? Okay, I get it. You're not alone. If you go to chapter 36, you're going to see a very interesting phrase. If you go to chapter 38, you're going to see an identical phrase. And the phrase is, God speaking, and he says this, I am for you. Think about that. If God is for me, what in the world can distract me and keep me from God? About anything you intake that is not of him. Think about it. The stuff we allow to come into our being, into our spiritual life, into our mind, into the gates of our heart, into the gates of our soul, those things often create an incredible distraction to where we miss God. This is a very interesting passage because this chapter 37 kind of, you can put the acronym back up there. This chapter 37 reveals to us and gives us the imagery of what had been stolen, destroyed, and defeated in chapter 36. So the children of Israel, of their own demise, over and over, repeatedly would find themselves in defeat. And in this situation, in chapter 37, the defeat was vast. Let me just give you a couple of passages. You don't, don't worry about putting these on the screen. But let me give you a couple of passages just to listen to them for just a minute. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out into the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down into the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. God wants you and I to operate in the spiritual discernment, understanding, obedience, and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The world we're living in doesn't lend itself to invite God into it. As a matter of fact, it's continually pushing God at bay, resisting God, resisting the very nature of good to embrace the very nature of evil. Then he caused me to pass by them all of these bones, and behold, there were very many in an open valley. I don't know if you've ever seen a skeleton. It's kind of weird. Have you ever seen one? It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I've seen one. It's kind of weird. Very brittle in many ways. Let me explain something to you. What God wants you and I to understand is that the world's intent is to distract us so that we do not intake the breath of God in our being. Air and breath are two different things. Understand that. Air is the substance that's out here that may smell bad because you think that you're in some area where we have a bow water which is in our town. It's a paper mill and the air smells terrible there. It's probably not the air. It's just all of that stuff that's impacting the air. But the breath is the air that you bring in and the air that you expel. And without that breath coming in, you are not able to live. I can tell you this. Without the breath of God coming into your spirit in an infusion and in a restored way, without Almighty's touch in your life, eventually you will become stale, you will become cold, you will become dry, you will become empty in your spiritual life. I had a occurrence, I call it occurrence, an occurrence. I won't call it a dream because I don't think it was a dream, although I've had those. 
it, it was an occurrence the other night, about 3.30. I'm guessing it was 10 or 11 days ago. I don't know exactly when it was. And I had this, this sense in my spirit as I woke up, and I was awake, it wasn't a dream, and I had this very strong impression of the Lord, I can say. And the impression was that in this falling away time where we're living, where people that we thought were grounded in truth become very compromising, and the people that we thought were very committed to God become very cold toward God, that there would be people who want him more than they want the world. Pretty cool, right? Are you one of those people? I don't know if you are or not. Time will tell. Here's what I know. In my spirit that night, as I woke up about 3.30 in the morning, I felt the Lord affirm to me something I had been praying and seeking God for, and that is that there would be young men and young women, I work in education, who will want to come and they'll want to study the Bible, they'll want to study the truth, they'll want to know the truth. Why? Because they need the breath of God in their being to be able to live effectively in this world. You know, my dad died 24 years ago, I suppose. My dad always preached, Jesus is coming soon. That's 24 years later. He ain't came yet, but he's coming soon. I don't know what soon means. I don't know if soon means like tomorrow or if soon means 24 years. I ain't got a clue, but here's what I know. The truth of the word says, one day he's going to return, and when he returns, I'm going to be ready for him. When he returns, I'm going to be ready to go with him. Why? Because I've been living and fellowshipping with him. You know what would be really sad? Is if you and I went without anybody else with us. We could get real studious in here, and I could get you to, piece of, get you to pull out a piece of paper or your telephone and, and type on it. I won't do that to you, but think about it for just a minute. Who are the people on your hit list? You know what a hit list is? It's those people I want God to reach. It's those people I want God to save. It's those people that I want them to come under so much conviction that their countenance changes and the evil that is now operating in them turns and the goodness of God takes over them, transforms, and changes them. You need a hit list. But don't expect your hit list to discover God on their own. Be the image of God, the reflection of God in their visible form so that they can see him. You know, I vacuum the house every once in a while. I got really good at it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then I just got, I quit. And then I got back into it a couple more weeks and I quit. Not because my wife doesn't vacuum the house or capable. I just thought it would be something that she would enjoy me doing. And she does when I do it. And, and, and every time I vacuum, I think of this image. Jesus is not a vacuum cleaner. You know what I like to do when I vacuum? I like to find that spot of dirt that's visible and just hang out for a while and make sure I get every little bit of it. And if I don't find any spots of dirt, sometimes I'm actually been guilty of kind of sweeping around and getting the pile and then taking the vacuum cleaner over the top of it because it feels real good when it sucks it up off the floor. 
Jesus did not come to suck a little sin out of your life and make you feel good about yourself. He came to infuse you with almighty restoration that would change your behavior and your mindset and your actions and who you are to reflect him so that the world can know who he is. Yes, give him a hand clap of praise in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then Jesus, or God, says to this prophet, son of man, can these bones live? Has God ever asked you a dumb question? Can these bones live? Oh, you know God. I don't think it was trite. I think he was genuinely saying, you know. Read the book right here. So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. You know if they can live or not. Let me tell you something. If you turn your heart today, and I, I, I know I'm probably not talking to too many sinners in the room, but if you turn your heart today, God may redirect your future, your present, your dreams, your desires, and align them with perfect timing so God can do what he wants to do in you. There's two types of time. Chronological time. Chronos time. There's a God-appointed moment. And I believe in God-appointed moments. I believe in God-appointed preventions. <laughs> God prevents you from a lot of stuff you don't even know was at your doorstep. So why allow the things into your door that have been hanging out too long? You've got to deal with that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven occurrences in two passages of Scripture of the word breath. <laughs> when God repeats himself like this, I think he's saying something very important. This air tank, if I turned it on for you today, when it runs low on pressure, it's going to give an audible alarm that is going to be ear piercing. If this air tank is strapped onto the back of a firefighter, and the firefighter quits moving for about 20 seconds, this alarm, is called a pass alert, is going to go off to alarm that fireman that he needs to be moving. So if you've ever watched firemen, it's not really that they're out here dancing because they just want to dance. They're just turning off the pass alarm because they've been in a fire and they're taking a break and they're taking a breather. And when they stop, this alarm goes off to say, hey, you're not breathing. We need an alarm of the Holy Spirit to say to us when we become weary and tired and when we become vulnerable to say to us, get the breath of God in you so that you can live today. And if that fireman who's wearing that pack doesn't move in that 20 seconds, and if that fireman who is wearing that pack doesn't make himself mobile, then what's going to happen is every other person in earshot of that alarm, everything else becomes secondary. And what's primary is to chase the alarm and find the fallen fireman. You and I, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Spirit right here, church. You and I need the power of God in our life so that we can hear the alarms of our friends and our families and those we do not yet know as they begin to fall and begin to crumble under the pressure of the world and we can look and find them and go to their rescue. My son lives dangerously 
he lives right, but he likes the little edge and danger of things. So he and I were down in the water the other day just doing some pool diving about 12 feet down just to kind of test some things out. And I was running low on air on my scuba tank. And this right here means I'm about out of air. And I gave him a certain number, you know. And, you know, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm down to like 500 pounds of pressure. This right here means okay. Nick said, you're okay. And we keep going down, you know, and I'm like, I want to go up. And he's like, well, this right here means just kind of like hang out. This right here, this is really cool. When you're in the water, this just means hang out. Just hang out. Just, just, just float in the middle of the water right here. What Nick wanted to do, which would have been very good, he wanted me to run out of air so he could test his buddy breathing apparatus. Any other divers in the room? Any other divers in the room? A buddy breathing was pretty cool. Buddy breathing means both of us can take air off of the same tank. It's pretty cool. I didn't want to test that. <laughs> Even though I trust Nicholas, even though I knew it was okay, and even though we've done little tests of that before, where, you know, we would take the regulator out of my mouth and put it in his, and I would just hold out for just a few seconds with what air I had in my mouth. Let me tell you something. When you got somebody that is going down to the count, you need to, hallelujah, you need to implement your buddy breather, the Holy Spirit, inside of you. And don't worry how they're going to feel when you ask them how they're doing. Don't worry. Let me tell you something. God just gave somebody in this church, God's wanting to use you to walk into the darkest place you've ever been and turn on the light switch. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be scared. You don't need to be worried. If God puts his breath in you, his goodness wraps around you, and that is a wonderful moment for the person you're going to. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know why I get so excited with y'all. But I'm telling you something, church, in this wonderful miracle of 37 of the book of Ezekiel, something amazing happens. He said bone to bone. There was estimated about 30,000, I guess it was, that were supposedly slain on that, on that battlefield that day. And here's what I know. Bone to bone. What does that mean when you study that out? It means the right bone from the right carcass connected with the right carcass and all of a sudden that person, that skeleton who was laying there with one elbow over here, one ankle foot over here, maybe one arm back over here, all of a sudden there came a sound and those bones chased that torso and they found that torso and they began to connect together and all of a sudden they stood up if you don't believe the book, just keep reading it. And when they stood up, <laughs> if you keep reading, it said this was all of the house of Israel. Every one of them. Their bones were dry. Their hope was lost. And they were cut off. But what I want you to do is I want you to prophesy. And I want you to say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold my people, I will open your graves. I will cause you to come up from your graves. And I will bring you into the land again. Then you know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, my people, and brought you up from the graves. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Come on, Dre. We're getting ready to celebrate and go to prayer. Let me tell you something, church. I believe y'all are here for more than just an appointment on your calendar. Because it's not easy to get here in these situations and circumstances we're living in. 
I believe you're here not just because you like him and Paul and their family and the people who have been here for 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 years. You're here because you believe in the power of this moment. I believe that you're here because you really want to see God do a work in the world. Who wants to see that? Then don't wait expecting him to do that work through somebody else. If you were driving home today, and you saw somebody on the side of the road bleeding, you'd have to make a decision. Do I stop and check on them? Act like I didn't see them? Trust somebody else to help them? I don't know. I don't know what decision you'd make. But what I know is this. In this world we're living in, God, knows, God wants you and God wants me to get in so tuned with him that he will put his breath in us. You know what happens when God puts his breath in you? You breathe differently than when you breathe on your own. Understand that. When God puts his spirit in you, you act differently than you do on your own. I think I may have told you this before. Let me reiterate it just for a moment. You can mock all kinds of gifts of the spirit. It's possible. You cannot mock the fruit of the spirit. Because that's a nature change. That's a transformation of the nature of humanity by deity to operate as humanity infused by Almighty. See, church, God wants to use you and I, and I really believe this, at a very critical moment in our life right now. Because if you look around you every day, every week, next month, we're going to hear of another fallen comrade. Of the faith of the faith another person of the faith who failed it's the nature of the times if you watch the news media they got this little outlet called signs of the times very interesting very interesting statement signs of the times what times the times of Messiah the times of God the times of the return of the Christ do me a favor this morning would you take inventory of your own life not your neighbors not your parents not your child's but your own life because see as selfish as it may sound when you're in the rescue business the first person you got to look out for is yourself but you'll hear me if you hear me long I'm gonna tell you life ain't about you God created you to reflect him to somebody else. It's about somebody else before it's about you. In the end road it is. But today it's about you. Do you have enough of extra air to give away? Do you have enough of goodness of God in you that it's going to just like spill over out of you? I've been intrigued by the whole COVID thing. How that in my nostril they take a a long Q-tip. Anybody had a COVID test yet? Shove that sucker up your nose. Play around for a little bit. Come back down. 
Frankly, I don't know if it's my Q-tip or somebody else's because they just walked away from my truck, came back 15 minutes and gave me an outcome. Listen to what Job said. As long as my breath is in me. Every one of y'all has got breath in you right now. You'd be cold to the touch. You'd be, you'd be turning a different color, dude. Wouldn't be the color you are right now. If you'd have breath in you, you'd be cast out. Wouldn't matter what I'm doing. Everybody come to you to try to get some breath back in you, right? Listen to what Job said. As long as my breath, my breath is in me. And the breath of God in my nostrils. You remember Genesis chapter 2? And he breathed the breath of life in them. That's not a one singular occurrence. That was the establishment of humanity. But God every day wants to breathe his breath in you. As long as my breath is in me and the breath of God is in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. And Job, by the nature of humanity, had every right to complain and curse God. But his nature wasn't human. Yeah, his form was human, but there was something going on inside of him because Jehovah Almighty had given him life in the midst of complete loss. Father, in the next few minutes, arrest our hearts, cause us to see the needs around us, and to be willing to respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning, church? And I don't know what else y'all got planned. I think you're doing communion at some point before we leave, but, but here's what I know, and here's what I'm sure of. If you let him God will put inside of you His breath. I, I've dealt with a few people that have had this horrible disease called COPD. And this disease basically causes you to feel like you're suffocating on the inside of your skin. It's horrible. We see more suicides in, in, in my line of work as a chaplain with people struggling from this horrible disease called, called COPD because they feel like they're suffocating. And in my spirit today, I sense if you feel like you're suffocating, God can breathe in you. You ever felt like you were like out of breath? Like you already opened your mouth because you couldn't get enough through your nose and you were expending it all and you needed more? If that's how you feel spiritually today, God will give you an infusion of his breath and his power in your life. So I'm going to invite you to come as you guys are accustomed to. Whatever you need to do, I want you guys to worship whatever you need to do. But I want you to find a place of prayer in this room today and deal with you first. And then before you leave, say, God, will you please direct me to the right people at the right time so that I can show your goodness to this world in need. If you're at home, find a place of prayer right now, wherever you are. Find a place between you and Jehovah, between you and Almighty. Commune with Him, talk to Him, and let God touch you in His name. Amen. Let's pray, church.